Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Anne. Anne Marie is a life coach and hypnotherapist specializing in mindset and relationships. Her passion lies in helping those who feel stuck in life, in relationships, and with themselves to help people discover the reason why and how to get the results they want. She is a product of such a, trans- such a transformation, having gone through years of struggling to meet the right person, coupled with some hard looks at her own mindset and what was keeping her stuck. If you're in a similar position, she gets it and also knows how to overcome it. So I, side note, I found my right person and not even because I did personal development because he landed in my life and didn't give up. And like, he's just stuck there like a barnacle for like, (laughs) and a good barnacle, not a bad one. Um, But then, you know, I'm not sure if we'd still be married had I not worked on myself. So, uh, you know, I can understand where personal development is absolutely necessary for finding the right person if they don't happen to just fall into your life and for staying in a relationship. So I'd love for you to take us back in to where, where did all these, these relationship hiccups begin? Oh my God. Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> we only have 45 minutes, right? So. Right. <laughs> um, you know what? I was, I was always, and I, and I've said this story so many times, but I haven't thought about it in a while. I was sort of that awkward, um, teenager I you know I would go to school I was the tallest one everyone called me ugly um, never had a boyfriend got made fun of a lot and so I always started just kind of believing that there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. and you know years went by and you know thankfully my my mom's amazing genes kicked in and looks changed and things got better but I guess I always sort of had a doubt about what I deserve and you know the first relationship I ever really got into it was long it was like four or five years Um, after a year I probably should have gotten out Um, went back to a lot of verbal abuse emotional abuse mental abuse and like I know you totally understand the abusive relationship concept (laughs) yeah so um, you know but you stay in things because you so badly want the happy ending you so badly Mm -hmm. want you know the marriage and this and that and you start rationalizing away all the red flags yeah and that's sort of what I did stayed in relationships for too long because I wanted something so badly and not really owning the fact that it wasn't working or it was abusive or I deserved better I had no idea of my own pricelessness to say for you know for lack of better words Um, and long story short, it was just, I'm one of those people. I went from relationship to relationship to relationship and every single one, I was like, this has got to be the one it has to be. I've been, I've been dating since I was 17. Like I'm exhausted. Where is he? (laughs) You know, and then it got to the point where, you know, I was in my late twenties and sorry, maybe even my early thirties and I'm sitting at home every Saturday night, you know, crying, watching reruns of sex in the city, wishing I had my own Aiden or you know, my own Mr. Big, or I'd sit up for a Steve, you know, but it was, I got sick of myself. And I got sick of feeling jealous of my friends and everyone's relationship and being a professional bridesmaid. And I thought, there's something wrong here. And and it's me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I totally get that. And, you know, sometimes even when we do find the right guy, we try to push him away, like really Uh, hard when we haven't worked on ourselves. Did it to my husband. And had he not been persistent, just like you were saying about yours, probably would have fucked that one up too. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was true. Like here comes everything I've ever wanted. And now I'm running. What the hell? What am I doing? Right. Right? And and the work kind of continues and it kind of continues. When I was younger, I had, I would say like, I had my first love and not to bash my husband now, it's a whole different kind of love, but he was like the sweetest guy ever. And I convinced him to break up with me because I thought that I wasn't good enough for the relationship and I was going to ruin his life. And that's, I mean, I did that because I was in such a bad place with, you know, self-love and self-esteem and, you know, just, I had unhealthy, um, unhealthy relationships shown to me as a child. So I really didn't know what that was like. Did you have a similar, like, did you, what kind of, um, relationships did you see growing up? See, and that was my thing was my parents are still happily married today. It's been over 35 years. So I grew up, my brother and I in a home full of love seeing my parents say, I love you, seeing the hug, seeing the love. So when I started getting into these shitty relationships where, you know, I'm being yelled and screamed at and called every name in the book, I'm like, what the hell? This is not, (laughs) what, this is not it. So I had an idea of what it was supposed to be like, but you know, I think as you would understand, you get to a point where you just don't think it's going to be any different and Mm -hmm. you accept that belief and it becomes a truth for you. And until you realize that that in itself is your problem, um, you keep going through that vicious cycle. Yeah. And see people, I want people to see that are, or it's not see here that are listening that you and I both had some really shitty relationships, um, abusive relationships, but you had a really healthy, loving, caring home where you saw that model, modeled for you, yet you still could end up in a shitty relationship like that. Because I think a lot of people think of people like me, where I grew up in a very like psychologically, emotionally abusive household, and that's why I ended up. But it can be either one. Like you don't, you can grow up in a really happy, health, healthy household and still end up in an abusive relationship. Um, nobody really knows why because there's not enough research or anything out there to really understand how we end up in these relationships. But I think so much has to do with how we feel about ourselves and what's going on with us. And like you said, um, growing like as a teenager, people were picking on you and they were telling you you're ugly and stuff like that. So your self-worth had like slowly declined to where you got to the point where you got in a relationship like that and you're like, no, this something's not right. But you stayed because you thought that this is all there is for me. That's exactly it. And that's exactly it. And you start to, um, you just start to have like the, those, those beliefs, like they just, they creep up and, and they don't leave. And it's the belief of, you know, well, love is really hard and you have to work at relationships. And if everything's going well, something's like, it's just around the corner. Something's Mm going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. So you take these amazing relationships that could have this great potential and you fuck it up because you're like, well, other shoes going to drop. So I'm just getting out or I'm going to, you know, over dramatize the smallest things and and create um, sabotage within that relationship, you know, and it's um, fortunately for me, when I did meet my, my husband, he 
sort of called me on my bullshit. So <laughs> after all the hard work, right? I was like, hey, turns out I'm human. I still have work to do. But, you know, and that's what I think. And I see it a lot with my, with my clients and with my friends and family. It's you eventually believe that it's never going to show up and you give up. Mm-hmm. And you just think, well, if it's going to happen, it'll happen. And, and, and I always think, but if you're just waiting for something to show up that you haven't made space for in your own, you know, your own mind, like if you believe it's coming, guess what? It's coming. Mm-hmm. And if you've already created that belief that you don't think it's ever going to show up and you've given up and all men are dogs or all women are bitches, then why is it going to show up for you? Like when I was sitting at home, crying and depressed and every dinner with my girlfriend was about me venting and I can't meet someone. I'm like, ew, I don't want to date me. Like, I, don't want, I don't want someone that's sitting around feeling sorry for themselves and feeling like everybody's a piece of shit and, and I'm never going to meet anyone and nobody likes me and there's something wrong with me. Like who wants to date that? Right. You know, and that's kind of where the work begins. Like your first, your first, nah, it's never going to happen. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I think I hadn't gotten to the point where I was giving up yet. And that's how my husband came into my life is because I hadn't really gotten to the point where I was like, now F all the men. I was like, he's gotta be out there. Yes. (laughs) This person has to be out there. It's so true. There cannot be all these awful men out there. Yep. No, I agree with you. And that's the kind of thing I had that shift too. And I remember like, even telling some of my single friends, I would say, yeah, but there are so many good guys out there. And hey, like I dated tons of really nice guys. It doesn't mean they were the right guy, you know, but they're out there just like we are all out there. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it's like, exactly like you're saying, like, as soon as I believe, you know what, I've created the space. I deserve this. He's on his way. It didn't matter how many bad dates I had because I knew he was coming. So it didn't matter anymore because the belief was there. And that's kind of what I'm always, I always go back to that. It's the, the belief has to be there that you deserve it, that it's coming. If that belief is not there, it can't show up for you. Yeah. And if you get in a good relationship and you are waiting for the other shoe to drop and you can't believe that the relationship is going to turn out to be something good that could blow up your relationship. Like I almost did that in the early years of my marriage because I kept pushing my husband away and pushing him away and pushing him away because I'm like, no, he's going to hurt me. You know, the other shoe is going to drop. And I remember we were at our fifth, we just celebrated our eighth wedding anniversary in December. We are on our fifth wedding anniversary and we had really come a long way personally, each of us. Um, We both have transformed in in many ways. And I was telling him, I was like, thank you for not giving up on me and for always being there. And he's like, not once did I think about divorcing you. And I was like, oh shit, I thought about that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But it was kind of amazing to hear him say like, despite the things that I put, I put him through and pushing him away and everything. He never thought about that. Where me like miss, like, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I know. When, when you look back, don't you feel like that is such a crappy way to go through every day, like waiting for something to happen. And then I know for me, if there was nothing going on, you subconsciously create something, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Oh my God, he did. He said this. I don't like the way he said that. This can't be right. You know? Meanwhile, it was no big deal or something like that, right? But I even, my husband will even say to me, he said there was, a, you know, he could feel me kind of closing off, but he kind of got why I was doing it. Yeah. 
lucky for me because a lot of people wouldn't get that, you know, and he, he didn't give up either. He just kind of did his thing. And then he went away on a vacation and he, he had to go to a wedding and I was, I didn't go. We had only met like a few months before that. And I thought as he was gone, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, this is the guy, you know? So he came back from the vacation having no idea about this like week long epiphany I had had. And I just kind of sat him down and I'm like, I'm super sorry for not just being my authentic self. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I could see that you were in there. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, that's like, bang, this is the guy, right? Like you could see me even when I'm trying not to let you. And, you know, we got engaged like a few months after that. And he was like, that was like the thing that had to happen. Right. And he had to go on that trip and I had to realize it, but it was like, he kind of saw me even through all the, the crap that was on top. Right. Yeah. Mine was like, yeah. I always knew you were there. Like I always yeah. knew Megan was inside somewhere, even amongst the chaos. And you know what? That's, I love that too, because a lot of guys would just be like, screw this. I can't, right. I don't want to deal with this. This is too sensitive or too emotional. And they just kind of take off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I think that maybe you'd feel the same way. Like you look back sometimes and sometimes I can't believe I was the person that I used to be. Oh yes. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like I look back, I'm like, I can't believe I was, I allowed that type of abuse to go on for so long. I can't believe I let that person talk to me this way. I can't believe because now that person wouldn't stand a chance. Exactly. You know, I'm such a strong, like type A independent kind of woman. I've always like, even as a, you know, when I was younger, I was like, get it done. Don't get in my way. Part of that is because I'm bipolar, but the other part is because that's my personality. And to, to look back and see that I got in this relationship that literally took everything from me and tore me down to where I felt like I was worthless. I was not independent. I was not, you know, type A. I was not doing any of the things. I had just accepted this role as stay-at-home mom, kind of like Cinderella type um, <laughs> role. And I look back and I'm like, where did her spark go? Where did that drive go? Where did that like part of me, where did that die? And you know, now I'm completely back on track to being like type A and, you know, very driven and doing the things. But you know, I do, like you said, I look back and go, what the hell happened there? Yeah. And thank God it happened. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, I, I think, I think back to similar to what you're saying, like I, I completely lost my spark and my hope and, you know, that part of my authentic self. And I thought, you know, I'm justifying this pain to the point that I'm committing to it. Mm. And like, where's the space for me to feel differently? This is not the only emotion available to me. I can choose differently. And that's where I think a lot of people get, um, messed up is there's this fear like there's the fear of of leaving a relationship that Mm -hmm. is um, unhealthy and not good for you in itself regardless of whether or not it's good because there is that fear of feeling the physical pain and feeling the hurt and starting over and all of the things that go along with that Um, but if you don't create that space to feel differently then nothing different's ever going to happen that's that's how I looked at it yeah yeah and I literally woke up one morning I was like I don't want to feel like this anymore like, I, I can't do this anymore. This is, and I'm the only one that's in my way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And psychology tells us that 
we hold on to those things even when they're bad for us because our our ego is scared of change because yeah. you know change is scary and if even if the status quo sucks you know what to expect from it but mm -hmm. if if you try to change you want to get out of this relationship now you don't know what's out there like what's on the other side of that and that's scary and so we try we try to stay and even unhealthy habits and relationships because of that. Now, yeah. where was your turning point? When did, what made you decide something's got to change? I've got to start working on myself. I've, I've got to start doing, yeah. I've got to start becoming that person that I used to be again. Yeah. And that, for me, that was 2013. I, I ended a relationship um, with the person I thought I was going to be with forever. Like the day I ended it, I was still in love with them. But it wasn't a good relationship for me. It wasn't a healthy place to be anymore. And I moved out, like I got a condo by myself, and I just thought, this is going to be about me. And it's not the whole, oh, just stop caring about it and it will show up. It's like, no, I did care about it. And I wasn't going to deny the fact that I really wanted a relationship. But I, there's a difference between what's actually happening and what you are allowing to happen to you. Mm. And I think that's what really happened to me is I'm like, I'm totally being a slave to my emotions and I'm becoming a victim and I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the one who's like, but this happened, so I'm afraid or this happened and I can't move forward. It's like, yes, I can and I will. So I literally, I started working. I did a lot of meditation. Um, I mean, I've been coaching for 10 years, so I was still coaching other people, which drove me insane because I could help <laughs> others, which you must feel the same way, right? Yep. And <laughs> I'm like, boy, that felt good. They feel awesome. And I still feel like crap. So somehow I have to work this out with myself. And I started um, reading. I had a coach. I had a couple of different coaches. And I thought, this is completely possible. And I looked at my patterns. I looked at what I was clinging to. And I looked at the fact that I was starting to show up as much as I hate to use this word in desperation. Like yeah. I was trying to make everything work just because I wanted it so badly. And I got really, really clear on what I was looking for. And I got really clear on my non-negotiables. And that doesn't mean I'm walking around judging everyone, but it meant that if I had a couple of bad dates or dated someone for a month and it didn't work out, I wasn't crumbling. Yeah. You know, I was not crumbling. I just looked at my own mindset and realized that I need to be the kind of person I would want to date. Mm. You know, because yeah, I'm outgoing and funny and have a lot of friends and I have a great job and I was financially stable, but I was still depressed at the end of the day. And, and at the end of the day, that wasn't, I wasn't my authentic self. When the lights go out at night, you're all by yourself and that's the way you feel. That's not, that's not who I want it to be. So um, through all of that work, I did a lot of self-reflection. I did a lot of writing. Um, I'm a hypnotherapist, so I used that tool. I used a lot of meditation and working on my beliefs. And I started realizing that I actually didn't believe that I truly deserved it because if I did, it would have shown up for me already. So that had to change. And it wasn't easy. I mean, it took a long time. And I had to go through like a lot of different, lot of different relationships, a lot of different lessons but I could tell that things were shifting when the people that started coming into my life were different. Yeah. I would go on a date with someone and it was definitely not a connection for me, but it was definitely a different kind of person. So I started to change the people I was going out with too. I was always like, I needed someone who was physically strong. Like they had to look strong. They had to be strong. And those were always the people I dated. 
and the people I couldn't talk to. There was no communication, no emotional intimacy. So I thought, I'm revamping everything. And I want to be with a different type of person and because I'm a different type of person now. Mm. Um, And then I decided to just let everything go. And in January of 2016, I... I was just feeling different. I didn't care if I did, if I had someone because I knew that he was coming. And then August of that year, I met my husband and I knew right away. I knew right away and I knew it would be me that messed it up. If anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, which everybody can never believe because they're like, but you're so great. And like, everyone would be lucky to have you. And I thought, well, that's amazing. But I also have some self-sabotaging tendencies. Mm-hmm. So it's important to keep working through them. Yeah, it's, it is easier for us to see something in other people, but it's harder to see it in ourselves. Like like you said, I can coach people at the wazoo, but to coach myself is like a whole yeah. other ball game. And my husband was not my type, was not my type at all. Like he was not, he's not remotely to what my type would have been back when I met him. Actually, had I met him just a couple years earlier, I probably would have made him cry. Like he's (laughs) so nice and he's such a good guy. And despite for years, I said I wanted a good guy, I was not putting out the vibes to get a good guy. And I made good guys cry. I really did. I made a guy cry in a bar one time. Because he told me he loved me after like the first date. And I was like, get out, go. (laughs) But then my husband did the same thing. Like literally, I mean, the next day after us, you know, meeting, he's like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was in a whole different headspace. I was more open to people who weren't my type, like you said. And so if I hadn't been, and I had just been closed off, like I need to get this certain guy, this certain type of guy, I would have never met my husband. Or had I met him, I probably would have, we met at a wedding. He wouldn't have met on my radar. Like, Mm -hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And it's, you know, and like, I feel the same way and it's nothing. My husband, I believe he's drop dead gorgeous, but I mean, Mm -hmm. He's definitely not the typical type that I would have looked for. Um, And while he, I mean, so now, you know, your husband's military, right? And my husband's a firefighter. So, you know, they've got the physical strength, you know, they're, you know, but there was something, he has a different kind of strength. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the part that really, really got me. And he could, and I could talk to him about multiple topics Right. But it's just, it was always in my head. I'm like, but this is just not my typical type. And eventually you need to throw that out the window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, like, I know everyone says, well, there's so much more than this and so much more than that. But there's, I don't know, for me, it sort of goes beyond. Like when I met him, I was like, oh, there you are. Right. It was that kind of feeling. Right. And I know not everybody has that, but, but I did. And it's just, um, I can't even explain it. Like we, we got engaged quickly. We got engaged six or seven months after we met. We did three months. Yeah. yeah. So we were married in three months. Yeah. See? <laughs> it was it's so just, fast. Yeah. And it never, but it never at all struck me like this is really quick. Mm-hmm. It never, like for me, like when he proposed, I was like, oh my God, finally. Cause like I would have married you like <laughs> months ago, you know? And yeah. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people get into that too and they get all caught up and then, you know, end up with somebody that it wasn't meant to work with, but there's just, I don't know, like my mom was right. When you know, you know, 
there's yeah. a difference between knowing and I thought I know. Mm-hmm. I think I know, or I thought I knew. Like I look back, I was like, yeah, I think I thought I knew. Yeah. There is a difference. It, yeah, exactly. I, th- I think I, I knew on a soul level. Right? Okay. So that's exactly yeah. where I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> there's something, there's something about it. I'm like, I've, I've known you forever somehow. And yeah. it's just, there's that, like we say to each other all the time, I can't believe like it's only been X amount of time. Yeah, no, same here. I'm like eight years. Yeah. What? Like, I feel like we've been together for like two. Yeah. Like, what is going you, on here? Do you feel like, like, and I think I said this earlier on, but you know, one of my least favorite expressions is love is hard. Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, there are moments in our relationships that have been difficult. Cause I mean, like any other relationship and the fact that he's in the military, which adds a whole nother level of fun, but relatively being married to my husband is not a lot of work. Like we just yeah. effortlessly come together. And yeah. I told him, I miss him. We've been living apart for quite a few months um, because, you know, we're moving, we're moving. Everybody who's listening knows we're moving to Connecticut. It's going to happen <laughs> any, in the next couple of weeks when we're recording this, it's happening. Um, awesome. And we've been living apart for so long that when we come together, like he visits or I visit, you know, up there in Connecticut, it's like, I missed you. And not even like, yeah. I missed you like for certain things. I just missed being next to him. Like, yep. and, you know, being around him. It's not even like we have to go do anything or go on a date or have sex. It's just, I miss being around him because I feel like I'm not complete without him because he's of so much a part of me now. Then, mm-hmm. and I told him, I don't think when I first met him, I... I, I think I loved him, but I don't think I like loved him the way I love him now. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine like not having him as a part of my life. Yeah. See, I, and I can't imagine exactly what you're saying. Like I echo that. Like I can't, and I can't imagine being married to someone that, and I didn't feel that. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's definitely, we've had our disagreements. We have our arguments. I think it's healthy. I think it's necessary. Um, I think how you move through them is very important too. But at the end of the day, like I am safest when he's around. Mm, yes. Yeah. Something about that energy, even if he's in a different room, it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. And that's a different type of love. I think, you it's know what like, I mean? You'll take care of me. Like I know exactly. he'll take care of me. It's I like, think- it's closeness from, it's like a true intimacy. Yeah. And emotionally and everything. I think he knows me better than, anybody else out there because he's actually took the time to listen and hear what I have to say and pay attention because there's a lot of times he'll tell me that's not a good idea Megan or that person's not good for you Megan but he doesn't ever make me not be friends with people he just (laughs) waits it out and then when it falls apart he's like I told you they were (laughs) yeah because he knows I know (laughs) yep yeah he I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Like he usually has a pretty good idea how I'll respond to something or what I'll do or, and even if I don't agree, I'm like, then I look at it. I'm like, actually, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how we got so like, I don't know how we got to know each other so well, so fast, but it's, Mm -hmm. and I do the same thing with him. Like every morning I know there will be socks on the floor. (laughs) Every morning there will be a knife with peanut butter in the sink when the dishwasher is right there. Uh, yeah. Right. And so many people get so annoyed by things like that. It's like, Oh, it's just always on the floor. And I just like, that's him. And yeah. I pick it up and I put it in the dishwasher, like just cause that's where it goes. And we joke about it. 
when they're not around for that to those kind of annoyances to happen, you're like, well, man, I really wish that, you know, I would find his towel on the floor of the bathroom so I could hang it. <laughs> oh yeah. Or I literally, I'll leave the socks there and see how long they'll last. <laughs> It'll be, like Megan, I'm not kidding you. Days could go by. Yeah, yeah. He's already on his third pair and the first pair is still there. <laughs> and I just smile and I laugh because you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. That is part of who they are. So I'd yeah. love for you to share with everybody, you know, what kind of things helped you find that relationship? Like what brought you to that? What did, what did you have to do and discover to end, end up bringing, attracting that into your, your space? Mm-hmm. I love that you use those words too. Um, the one thing I, I, I had to realize my pricelessness. Mm. And what I mean by that is I had to realize that I was a human being that is deserving of love and able to give love. And I had to believe that it could show up for me. Um, And that was the least easy part was developing the belief that it could show up for me because I convinced myself it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very important for me every day to whether or not it was writing it down or saying it out loud or meditating, reinforcing and reinstating that I believed that he was coming into my space. Like it's like a checkerboard of life, you know, he, yeah. he was looking for me as I'm looking for him and dealing with all the emotions that came up with that. You know, if I, if something came up, the last thing I would do is ignore it or distract myself. I would welcome it to the room, deal with it, release it, move on. Because especially when you've been, well, no matter what type of abusive relationship you've had in your past, there's going to be shit that needs to be um, cleared. Yep. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I was like, no, bring it on. Like, mm-hmm. bring it on. Let it come up. Let me deal with it. Let me release it. Because I want to be a clean slate. I don't want to meet someone and, you know, things from the past affect that new relationship because I haven't dealt with it. Right. Bringing all that baggage with you. Exactly. So yeah, like, you know, um, getting guidance from other coaches and, um, and doing a lot of, of my own, of my own discovery and writing, writing was huge for me. Um, and working on my own mindset, like looking at my mind, looking at the way it was working and then deciding on how I would rather be. And doing my best to stay in that mindset, surrounding my pe- myself with people that, um, you know, that sort of served a higher good. Yeah. And getting out there, like I would go to, I would go to meetups, I would go to all kinds of social things, and I would just go by myself. I stopped going. Do you want to come to this with me? Like I was like, no, I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. And I started expanding as a person, and I started realizing that no matter what has happened to me, I can choose differently not everybody is going to be mentally or emotionally or verbally abusive. Not everybody is going to be um, somebody that's out to hurt me. Like there are so many good people out there. And as soon as I started looking at things that way, a date that didn't go well wasn't, Oh my God, another bad date. It was, you know what? That guy was really nice. And it was really nice to have a conversation with somebody that's different. Yeah. Um, So I really started to shift my beliefs and believe that they, that there was good out there and that not every guy was a dog and um you know people who are jaded and bitter that kind of makes me sad because it really 
it really inhibits your ability to be out there and be your authentic self and allow that person to come into your space. And I did small things. Like I had a double bed. I got rid of it and I got a queen or a king size bed or a queen size bed because I, I wasn't making room for the person. I was stuck in my condo by myself with all of my things and no space for anybody else. Yeah. That so I just started sense. living that life. Like I was living the life I'd be living if I had everything I wanted. And it couldn't help but come to me. No, exactly. Exactly. We do have to make space, but we also have to realize, like you've said multiple times, I want people to really hear this, is you can't attract somebody into your life if you're not being the person that you need to be. Not even like the expectation that other people would place upon you. Like, who are you? Who is your authentic self? If you're not living that, that's going to block any really intimate relationship you could ever have. Not even romantic, but friendships as well. If you can't show up and be your authentic self and be vulnerable, and of course that doesn't mean tell your whole life story on the first day or the first time hanging out with a friend. It means like being willing to express those emotions and, and be open with people. And like you said, if it doesn't work out, I mean, hey, you got to meet this awesome person or you got to have this experience or that's one less person you have to go through to find the right exactly. one. <laughs> exactly. There's so many other ways to look at it than what a lot of people choose. And the other part of it was one of the hardest parts as well was really forgiveness mm -hmm. um, because people have a misconception. Forgiveness does not condone what someone did. It, it basically says to them, I will not allow you to run around rent free in my head with your dirty feet. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love, you know, that. Yes. It's like, and you can picture that like someone who's done you wrong running around in there going, you can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of me. And it's like, mm -hmm. forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. Yes. And that was really, really hard to wrap my head around because I had this belief that it condoned what happened. And once I got free from that belief and I was actually able to realize that, you know, this person was acting completely unconsciously, like at the end of the day, like, it, it, they have their problems. They're not my problems. I, I forgive and I let go and, and I move on because that's how we stop holding things. Like, you know, you get into a new relationship and the demons from the past start to start to show up because something gets you triggered. Yes. Um, so that was really important for me is like as much wrong as people, as I felt people in the past had done to me, I had to be that person to forgive and let go for me so that I could move on and I wouldn't carry that baggage and they're not running around in my head. Yes. And that doesn't mean you have to let them back into your life. Like, Oh, I forgive you. Please come back in and hurt no. me. Again. It's just like you said, it's just releasing it. It's just releasing it. And so like um, people listening to the podcast, they have heard this before is I've cut my father completely out of my life because he's a toxic individual and refuses to change. But I, through therapy and therapies really helped me where coaching um, has helped you. And through therapy, I realized like I have to forgive him for being such a shitty father. And, you know, he had a shitty upbringing, which is not an excuse for his behavior, but is the reason. And so it's sad that he is such a broken human being that he feels the need to hurt other people and be the way he is. But I can forgive him without letting him back in my life. And like you said, it's like a freedom. Once you forgive somebody and you release them, it's like, oh, hello. I'm no, you're no yeah. longer bogged down by all these thoughts and all these like resentment that you're holding for what they did to you. Exactly. And I mean, you do not have to call the person and tell them you forgive them. You don't right. have to tell anyone like that's a misconception too. I don't want to talk to them. You don't need to talk to them. It doesn't matter. 
this mm-hmm. is for you. This is, uh, this is a release. And I, I know that, you know, there's, um, I did some work with uh, a few people, um, on forgiveness and I can't tell you like every single time they've cried and it's not crying out of sadness. It's crying because it's finally gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that weight that's been sitting with you since all of these things happened to you. Um, it's finally gone. And there's a huge freedom that comes with that. And it will prevent you from getting stuck moving forward because you'll stop getting triggered by other people's crap. Yes. And I also find that when you could forgive the big, huge things that people have done to you, that the smaller things that people do on a day-to-day basis to you are easier to forgive and and, and just release, you know, that doesn't mean you have to cut them out of your life. Like my husband says something that I, you know, it hurts my feelings. Doesn't mean like, bye guy. It's like, I can forgive him on it, uh, forgive him easier and express like how I feel. I can say, you know what you said? It really hurt my feelings. And you may not have meant it this way, but this is how I took it. And before I started doing forgiveness work, I would have one, never spoke out about when he hurts my feelings and two held on to that for like weeks like something yeah. stupid for me. Yeah, exactly. And then it just gets filed away and in, in the, uh, you know, the garage of your headspace and it sits there yeah. until something else happens. And then like women, you know, we don't, we can't just have one argument. We bring out a whole suitcase. Well, then there was this and this and this and this. And it's like, but I thought you let that go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause they have, I mean, cause they have like a nothing box. They don't care. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying men don't hold on to things. Cause I mean, I've definitely met men who can hold on to things, but for the most part, like in the day to day marriage, like guys are not pulling up all the things you did wrong. They're just like on with their lives. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really envy that about my husband. I tell him that all the time. Like, you know, remember when this happened? Like I still can't, can't get past it. And he's like, what do you mean? Which thing? Yes. What do you mean? What thing? That thing, you know? (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that thing. (laughs) That happened months ago. I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's, I love it. I mean, it's amazing, but you know, but it's like you said, there's, you know, there's, um, even if it's, you know, someone that you love or someone that's in your life that's done something, there's, there's the ability to talk about it and then let it go and really let it go. It's not like I've let it go for now, but the next time this happens, I'm bringing it out again. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, and that's part of growth too, as we can't grow as human beings or grow in a relationship if we're not willing to talk about, you know, how we're feeling. Like you said, you got to let it out. You have to let it out. And be able to forgive and move on. Like, and that maybe you forgive, but, and you move on and that they don't come with you or you forgive and move on. Like in a marriage, I mean, a healthy marriage where you're just like, I, you know what? I've expressed how, like what you said hurt my feelings. And I understand you probably won't ever say it again because you didn't realize that's how I would react. Cause we all have our own individual triggers. And so that that's definitely part of it. So as we wrap up the podcast today, and what are what is something that you'd like to leave the inspired women audience with? Something maybe we haven't talked about, or maybe just kind of wrapping up what we talked about in a nice, pretty bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess the one thing that I really want to want to reach out about is the fact that um, regardless of what you're experiencing, even if it feels like it's going to stay that way forever these are not the only emotions and experiences available to you. And this is where the belief starts. And, you know, I just love to see people have the guts to change and move forward, regardless of how hard it's going to be. You can just keep going and push through. Um, and, you know, without the, the, the tough parts, there would be no feats of strength and 
and there would be, everything would be boring, yeah. you know? So I really, I, I really encourage people to sort of look at taking back their own power and, you know, it's your life and your responsibility and um, you're also the only person in your way. So, mm-hmm. so that's my, that's my biggest thing. And it's, uh, you know, if you're not spending all of your time just trying to be okay, then you're doing the exact opposite, which is absolutely living. Yep. Yeah. I would say that as adults, it's our responsibility to take ownership of our shit, heal it, and move forward. Because exactly. nobody else is going to do us for do it for us. We can't go back to, in the past and change anything. We have to take the responsibility to move forward and make sure we heal and not hold on to those pieces of the past that are going to come up, like we talked about on this podcast, and mess with a relation, a perfectly healthy relationship that we're in. Exactly. And I mean, it's the, you know, the world is not always going to unfold the way we want it to. And people are not always going to be exactly what we want them to be. And so the, the, the whole point to get through it is that we don't crumble, you know, that we realize we can be different. We are not a slave to our past or what has happened to us. There's always the ability to go forward with gratitude and make the space for that amazing relationship or that amazing thing to come into your life. Yeah. And what I, I, what I, what will be the title of this episode and what I really want people to take away is it's about mindset and relationships. They're, they go hand in hand. If you're not working on you and taking care of you and, and, you know, doing all those things, you can't have healthy relationships. It just doesn't work like that because eventually if you're not working on yourself and, and working through those things and healing yourself, that healthy relationship is going to crumble eventually. I mean, a human being can only stand this shit for so long (laughs) before they're like, you know what? I've had enough. I got to go, especially if they're a very healthy human being, you know? And so I want people to really um, take that away from what we've talked about today is they go hand in hand. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, Anne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, Thank you for having me. And you know what? I love, I just want to say too, that I love that you do this. And, um, you know, it's an honor to speak with someone not only that has been through what I've been through, but has also been able to transform and share that because I love that. I love that. Absolutely love it. And, And there's a need for what you're doing and I appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I sometimes when I'm doing these things, I'm like, is anybody listening? <laughs> <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> I can see the numbers before. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know, I, I love that people like you and can see the reason behind the madness is, you know, I, I really want people to feel connected and inspired and walk away empowered, whether that their story is the same or not the same. But when you can see that somebody has gone through this and you look at your situation and you're like, I can get through what I've gone through. Look at what that person went through, you know, and there's little lessons hidden in everybody's story. And, and that's really what's so important. And I don't even know if people listening can hear that thunder um, in this podcast episode, but it started thundering raining during this, this episode. But yes. And thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that. And you know, this podcast is, is my baby and I get to meet amazing women like you because of the podcast. And I, I appreciate that. And like from one coach to another, I mean, we're all in this together. Like I'm in, I'm in Canada and you're in the States and we're doing this thing together. Right. I'm, so I'm, a, is- I'm a quarter Canadian. Oh, <laughs> I love you even more now. That's awesome. <laughs> my, my grandfather's uh, from Canada. So beautiful. <laughs> love it. And I'm from upstate New York. And when people are like, where? And I'm like, Canada. 
like the very tippy top of New York, right near like uh, Cornwall. That's yep. where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> All right, Anne. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.